Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, public health experts at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are worried the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday could fuel the growing COVID-19 pandemic. The U.S. saw coronavirus infections surge after summer holidays, like the 4th of July. Now you have a holiday where it's colder, um, people are more likely to be inside, celebrating with family, likely to have more travel, as well as case counts are much higher. So this has got the potential to be sort of the perfect storm. Kriya Perrine is an epidemiologist with the CDC. She joins me to discuss the agency's recommendations for how to celebrate Thanksgiving safely this year. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. Ditch the potluck, wear a mask, and keep gatherings small. Those are just a few recommendations from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention out this week about how to limit the risk of spreading the coronavirus during the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. Joining me to discuss those recommendations and how to celebrate Thanksgiving safely is Kriya Perrine. She's an epidemiologist with the CDC. Kriya, thanks for talking with me. Sure. So I want to walk through some of the guidance that y'all at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have put together about Thanksgiving, which, you know, if you think about what celebrating Thanksgiving looks like, really seems like kind of a perfect storm for an infectious disease to spread. A lot of people eating and drinking, socializing, if it's cold outside, potentially indoors. And, you know, we've known for months that basic prevention measures like wearing a mask, maybe staying six feet away from other people, that these are good ways to slow the spread of the coronavirus. But let's think about some of the other things specific to Thanksgiving. So let's start here. Say I'm looking to attend a Thanksgiving gathering. What are some things I can do to keep myself safe? So one thing to do to keep yourself safe before attending a gathering is trying to limit your interactions with other people about 10 to 14 days before the event. So ideally that would mean, you know, not having a lot of interactions with others so that hopefully you are not unintentionally bringing the virus to the event. At the event itself, not doing a a potluck style, but having sort of one person who preps the food, serves the food, so you don't have a lot of different people touching different utensils. Really agreeing that 
everyone who is sick should not attend. Um, and if that did happen, hopefully you could bring someone in virtually having an event outdoors, if at all possible. So places that you can be outside, um, spread out, have good ventilation. If you are inside and weather permits, open your windows. So kind of anything you can do that lets people be farther apart, not so close together and with good ventilation. Say people are thinking about hosting. What are some things that hosts of Thanksgiving events can, can think about doing to keep their guests safe? So it's helpful when hosts set expectations. So guests sort of know what to expect when they're they're going to arrive. Are they going to be asked to wear a mask? Does the host want them to bring food? Or maybe they don't. Maybe the host wants to provide everything themselves, you know, making sure that there's hand washing stations that people can spread out um, and have room and if at all possible to host outside is helpful. Something else in the specific guidance, which I didn't even think about is maybe keeping music low. Talk to me a little about that. Sure. So it sounds silly, but one of the ways the virus is spread is transmitting when people talk and especially when they yell or shout or sing. So helping to keep music low makes it so people that don't have to talk loudly or shout over one another to be heard. I think about kind of the the different parts of maybe what a Thanksgiving celebration looks like for families. And a big part of that is food. What kind of risks, if any, do we know that food might play in, in transmitting this virus? So food itself isn't likely to transmit virus. The sort of touching of common utensils and passing things can Uh, cause some risk, although it's less than sort of coughing or sneezing on someone. But the more that you are able to prevent lots of different people touching the same items, the safer it is. So having a single person serve food is one way to do that. So maybe this is, uh, if you're agreeing to host this year, you're also taking on the extra responsibility of prepping most of the food. (laughs) Yes, this is not your year for a potluck. You know, something else people might do at a Thanksgiving celebration is, you know, sit around uh, the television, watching a football game, cheering on their their favorite team. Um, What kind of risks would be associated with that? Well, ideally, you could move your television outside and cheer on your favorite team from outside where people can spread out a little more um, and be well ventilated or have your guests wear masks if you're inside and can't space out. Travel is also a big part of the Thanksgiving holiday. It's normally one of the busiest travel weekends in the year. Talk to me just generally about kind of the risks associated with travel and maybe what people should keep in mind if they are considering traveling to see a family member for the holidays. So staying home is is definitely the best way to protect yourself and others. Um, But if you are going to travel, get a flu shot before traveling, wearing a mask in, in public settings and always using hand sanitizer um, and washing hands when you can. People can get tested before they travel just to make sure they're not inadvertently taking the virus with them. You know, there is a large proportion of this virus that is asymptomatic. And so people may have it and not know it. And then just being careful before traveling. So trying to stay isolated from others um, before traveling again to sort of make sure they're not the ones taking the virus with them when they travel. We're talking now as the pandemic really has been picking up speed around the country, but no pandemic is a monolith. Some states like where we are in Georgia um, are seeing a very different kind of outbreak than other parts of, of the country are. So talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, what is the best way for someone to assess the risk of traveling to one part of the country versus another? 
Yeah, so certain areas are going to have travel restrictions. So it's always important to look up the place that you're going and seeing if that jurisdiction has any restrictions when you get there, such as needing to quarantine for a given period of time. But also certainly local transmission of the virus matters. So if you're going to an area that has much higher community transmission, that is a higher risk to you and anyone who is there. So sort of general principles are the more people you interact with and the longer those interactions last, the higher the risk, and then the greater the community transmission, the higher the risk to any given individual of acquiring the virus. I know how to find out the state of the outbreak in the state of Georgia, but say I'm traveling to a different state, what's the best resource for someone who's trying to figure out the situation on the ground in a place where they're traveling? Yeah, the state health departments for most states have great websites kind of showing what cases look like, what different areas look like. So Google, um, always a great resource if you Google the state um, where you're going and looking that up. CDC's website also has travel information for different locations. Another part of this holiday weekend, Black Friday shopping the day after, or, you know, lots of people go out and do kind of turkey trot style road races the morning of Thanksgiving. What's the CDC's guidance for folks about those kinds of activities? Online shopping. So do Black Friday shopping from the comfort of your own home. You can still get lots of sales and deals. For the turkey trot, it's less of a concern because those are typically outdoors, but great to get some exercise and get out, but try to be spaced apart if you can and, and enjoy the outdoors. One thing I think this pandemic has forced a lot of people to do in ways they haven't had to in the past is think about risk and think about that risk on a gradient. There is no activity that we do in any part of our lives that has no risk at all, um, but some things are certainly riskier than others. So for people trying to assess their personal risk, the risk of maybe exposing their family members, how would you even tell them to kind of wrap their minds around that? This is such a, a complex thing with, with so many variables. Yeah, that's a good question. No activity right now is risk-free, and it's a important to think about yourself and your own risk, which is your age and your occupation and any underlying medical conditions you have, but really also the risk of those in your household or who you may be visiting. So even if your individual risk is not that high because you're young or healthy, if you are going to visit your grandmother or an elderly family member who does have underlying conditions that may make them more susceptible, it's really important to think about their risk as you can unintentionally infect them. And that risk can be limited by taking multiple interventions, right? I mean, it's not just like you might need to do one thing, like have an event outside or have one person prepare the meal. You can actually do multiple things to, to drive down that risk. Yes. So washing your hands, wearing a mask, spacing out, having events outside, all of those things that you do outside in your everyday life reduces the risk of you bringing something into your home and bringing something to someone else in your family. So it's not just thinking about Thanksgiving and how you're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, but thinking about everything else that you're doing and all the other potential risks so that you can mitigate it and reduce it um, and hopefully have a good Thanksgiving. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? I'm speaking today with Kriya Perrine from the CDC about the agency's recommendations for how to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday safely. And Kriya, let me ask this. The CDC's guidance and guidance we've seen from other federal public health bodies, specifically the White House Coronavirus Task Force, it really talks about 
small gatherings as fueling in a large way the current surge we're seeing in the pandemic. I wonder if people understand the risks of even a gathering as small as four to six people to actually spread the coronavirus. Yeah, so it was very intentional to have the word small repeatedly in these considerations because I think not enough people do realize that the small events and just getting together with your neighbors or your friends um, can help fuel the virus. So we have seen that there is quite a bit of household transmission. So when someone in a household gets sick, very likely several other of their household members will get sick. So even small events with one or two other families can transmit the virus and can move from family to family. And that has been continuing. So it's not just the big concerts or parties or movies or other events. It's small events where often this is spreading. Thanksgiving is a few weeks from now. If, if we see these trends continue um, the way they look like they're moving around the country, we could see even higher levels of community spread of COVID-19 than we are seeing now. We saw over the summer spikes in cases after some of the summer holidays, Memorial Day, the 4th of July. How concerned are you and your colleagues at the CDC that Thanksgiving could really drive the spread of the virus even more? Yeah, we're very concerned about Thanksgiving. So we did see over the summer spikes after nearly all of the holidays. And those were our holidays when we had lower case counts nationally and weather was warmer. So a lot of people were spending those holidays outside. Now you have a holiday where it's colder. Um, people are more likely to be inside celebrating with family, likely to have more travel as well as case counts are much higher. So this has got the potential to be sort of the perfect storm. Um, and we're really hoping that people will wear masks, wash their hands, stay home if they can, or have really small gatherings and just be safe to hopefully prevent that. I wonder if you have any thoughts on how someone might have conversations with their family members about the topic gracefully. I understand if you're hosting an event, you maybe have a little bit more power to say, these are the expectations I'm setting for, say we're going to wear masks or this is how we're going to do food service. But if you're invited to someone else's home by a family member, it can be quite frankly awkward to have those conversations, especially if your family members and you aren't on the same page about the severity of the pandemic. What advice would you have for folks about how to have those conversations gracefully while also not hurting those relationships? Yeah, I think it's important to have conversations early. So you sort of set expectations before the event rather than someone arrives at the event. It's much more awkward to walk into someone's house and realize they expected you to wear a mask than to know ahead of time that they wanted you to wear a mask and to arrive that way and, and to be ready. And there's certainly awkward conversations. I mean, we as a society are not used to wearing masks, but it, we've gotten to a place where they're really important to protect everyone. Um, we also don't know what people's underlying conditions are. So someone may be higher risk and you not know it. And so just to sort of set an understanding of, of what expectations are about how everybody can try to be safe is important. It's not uncommon to hear people talk about pandemic fatigue, the idea that we've been dealing with this for a while and so people are becoming a little bit more lax. That intersecting with the fact that after this hard year, getting together with family and friends is, I think, what, quite frankly, all of us are looking forward to doing at the holidays. It's such a nice respite. So, I mean, it seems like that intersecting with the pandemic fatigue and the spike in cases complicates this even more. Yeah, we're getting to the point where depending on 
when you saw your family before the pandemic started, you may be coming up on a year of not having seen family members. And it is important. Social connectedness is important. And our mental health is important as well as our physical health. And so it may be time to think of ways to spend time with family and friends um, that's a little bit creative or outside of our, our normal ways. So whether that's virtual dinners where you set up a computer um, and, and have dinner with family who may be in a different location, doing puzzles together. Personally, my daughter is homeschooling and my family has conversations with her two days a week to help take care of her and entertain her. So just different ways of, of thinking about interaction with family that's different. The CDC, prior to Halloween, um, released kind of this broad slate of holiday guidance and said, you know, Halloween, maybe sit it out this year. That was something that at least I saw lots of public health experts kind of outside of the agency question a little bit. Here you are, the agency has now released this uh, guidance on Thanksgiving, which is kind of along the same lines. This is an activity with risks. Are you worried at all that it's going to look like the CDC just doesn't like our fall holidays? As a CDC employee, I love my fall holidays. So I, that is certainly not the intent, but it's to make people realize maybe the holidays need to look a little bit different this year. There are ways to still celebrate with family and friends that are virtual, are smaller, are outdoors, that don't necessarily mean don't have your holiday. And and the one thing that I try to think about, and, and it just helps with my mental health, is that different doesn't have to mean bad. Yeah, it can be a time to be creative and, and think of different ways to celebrate and what celebrating means. So whether that's thinking of other ways of, of showing how your thanks for things or what you're grateful about, different ways of doing Black Friday shopping, different ways of getting together with family. Um, there's different ways that can celebrate that aren't our traditional all together in, in one room sharing food. Priya Perrine is an epidemiologist with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Did You Wash Your Hands? It's a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review and you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The world is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary. But when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate. And thanks.